KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's alright with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Hey, it's Aldine, KRCL's punk rock farmer, and this is Radioactive. Every Friday night, we bring you true tales from the agri-hood, from punk rock farmers and backyard gardeners, plus we plug you into folks from nonprofits and up that are up to good trouble. Yeah. And uh, Laura Jones is with me, of course. Hey, Al. So it got really cool overnight. What's growing in your garden and what'd you do? Nothing went in the garden yet. Okay. It all went into the shed <laughs> with a little heater. Yeah, eBay's like, what do I have to and do? It, it, it's keeping warm right yeah. now. Even a couple of degrees Co- with a blanket or tarp. F- right. A few more days. I think it's safe to wait till Sunday or Monday. I haven't even put them in. I didn't put them out to harden off today wait i may have because i figured the sun was out it'd be okay as long as i get home before dark i think i'm good so what's on the show punk rock farmer we have exciting stuff tonight all, <sighs> all kinds of exciting stuff michael evans with is with us and he's an author and he's a local cultural historian is what i'm going to call him right and uh he's he has this book here um amsterdam complete complete fools and uh street theater we're talking we're talking street theater we're talking how salt lake city ties into all of this and was a really big part at the beginning of this uh festival of fools that's coming up plus we got a classic episode of many cultures one sky with sky watcher leo t and uh you know i'm excited for all of it because we start with fresh Homegrown music and the melons I'm, are with us. I'm turning it up. Hey, the melons, how you doing, everybody? Doing good. All we're, right. We're good. Howdy. We're great. You're all mixed with your reverb to play, but uh, we're so excited that you're the first band to kind of christen the live studios here, 3B at KRCL and Al. How perfect is it? This the melons on Punk Rock Farm Friday. <laughs> you gotta love the melons. We we have to mention that it's really exciting. The first farmer's market is on Sunday. And so coming up, we're going to be talking about? And during the Urban Farm Report, we have Jane Wiley and John Brewraker from the Wheeler Farm Farmer's Market, the yeah. first one this Sunday. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what John grows, because he's got something called the Straw Hat Urban Farm yes, Project. Yes, he does. So tips coming your way, plus a preview of what you can pick up on Sunday at the Wheeler Market. But hey, Melons, how you doing? Sunshine Rock and Baroque Pop Group from Salt Lake City. I believe that's under one of your social media banners. Oh, yeah. So uh, tell us tell us a little bit about where the band comes from and uh, introduce the whole band. Somebody step up and uh, tell us who you are. All right. Well, we are the Melons. We're Andrew Beck, Rob Jepson, Denny Fuller, and Ian Francis. We're a Baroque pop outfit, like you said. So we mix elements of rock and roll and uh, Baroque stuff. Baroque stuff. I love it. So we're going to hear three songs. You've been dropping these singles. The full album doesn't come out until October now. And we're going to hear the latest single, I think, at the end of the show. Okay. So stay tuned for that. So tell us about this first song. What's it called? What's it about? Let's hear it. This first song is called Just a Phase. And uh, if it's okay with you, maybe we'll just let you hear it. (laughs) All right. Al, do the honors. This is The Melons with Just a Phase, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
Many cultures, one sky. Humans have always been fascinated by the moon and have used it for planting, navigation, astronomy, mystery, and a nightlight in the sky. Each spring, indigenous cultures move the camp circle to higher ground. Women gathering early berries and roots and repairing their lodges. Men fixed and created weapons and resumed hunting. Children enjoyed the warm weather after being confined for winter. And full moons are named for changes of season and weather. In Northeast Maine, the Kikis culture, the May full moon is known as the Field Maker Moon. For the Algonquin in the Great Lakes region, moon is Quanamak Quesos, the moon when people weed corn. For the Chippewa, it's the Blossom Moon. For the Cree of the Northern Plains in Canada, Frog Moon. And the Arapaho, the full moon in May is when the ponies shed their shaggy hair. Cultures from all over the world enjoy and interpret the night sky. It's a common heritage. Also during the first space age and exploration of the moon by the Apollo program, the Apollo 15 mission was on the moon from July 30th to August 2nd, 1971. While Al Worden kept an eye from orbit in the command module, Dave Scott and James Irwin got to roll around on the first lunar dune buggy or rover. Going for a few rides from the landing spot, precariously tilted on the edge of a crater near the Hadley Rill to the Hadley Mountains. In his book, To Rule the Night, James Irwin, who attended Salt Lake's East High, conveys how amazed they were by the soaring heights of the mountains of the moon. Also impressed with the geologic strata at the Spur Crater, Irwin relates different shades of brown, light green, and a top layer of white. Hmm, green on the moon. Also from orbit, Earth's moon shows shades of gold and copper to battleship gray and white. It depends on where you're looking from and the angle of the sun. You can see some contrast from your own backyard or the mountains or the canyons or the sand flats. Stay tuned for more on Apollo 15. You can also see a moon rock from the mission at the Gateway Planetarium. And taking the Skywatcher spaceship out a little further to Mars, NASA and JPL's Perseverance rover watched as the tiny Ingenuity helicopter took off for a third flight and did a little bit of exploring on its own. And the Perseverance rover racked up a huge milestone by converting carbon dioxide into oxygen. This could point the way to future human exploration of Mars and other places. And could that be useful on Earth as well? Explore images from Mars, the Moon, and other fun things on the Skywatcher Leo T Facebook page. Also bidding a smooth flight to one of the pioneers of Gemini and Apollo programs as we celebrate the life of Michael Collins, who died on April 28th. Collins was involved in the groundbreaking Gemini program and had the best view of the angle of light on the moon as the command module pilot for Apollo 11, the first moon landing. He loved spaceflight and orbiting the moon with good humor and wonder, and he inspires us to look up, look around, and get a little lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Oh, Skywatcher Leo T, another classic episode of Many Cultures, One Sky, a volunteer who puts that together for us on Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones. It's radioactive. Time for a little rallies and resources, Al. And uh, I had a friend, John, at Go Biochar say, hey, did you know that uh, up in Summit County, they're starting the Summit County Gardens opening weekend tomorrow, 1 to 4, and Sunday noon to 4. We'll put a link in the show notes, but also on rallies and resources. So everyone's getting their hands in the dirt, Al. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's all happening for I sure. Know, right? <laughs> Living Traditions is going on this weekend. In fact, started today down at Washington Square, 451 South State Street, mostly between, you know, 4th and 5th South and uh, uh, that Second East goes through uh, Washington Square and Library Square. We're broadcasting live, folks, tomorrow, all the shows from 1 to 9 p.m. 
So look for us on the west side of 2nd East on the grass there by the city county building and come by and say hi. Something else I wanted to mention was the Masima Film Tour at Salt Lake Film Society started today and various times and screenings through the 26th. Alleyways Amplified with Gavani and Peach. You've heard them on the show the last week. That's tomorrow on Edison Street in downtown Salt Lake. The Queer Spectra Arts Festival is also tomorrow, noon to nine at Sunset Studios. You can find all that in rallies and resources at krcl.org. Something you're going to have to search for, though, is this Amsterdam's Complete Fools Compendium with our friend Michael Evans, Al. So great to have you here, Michael. Hi, Laura. Hi, Aldine. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, Yeah, there's uh, during the uh, pandemic, I found myself uh, writing a 644 page uh, book. Just a little beach read, right? Just a little beach read. Oh, yeah. We've been doing some beaching while uh, getting all this thing together. I worked with a co-writer in Barcelona, Spain, and it's called Amsterdam's Complete Fools. Is primarily a collection of programs, the actual items that people held in their hands while they were watching all these various crazy events in the various theaters that went from all the way from uh, Edinburgh, Scotland's Fringe Festival to uh, Athens, Greece mm, during the- 1985. Also, um, other places, Rome. Paris, Avignon, France. You uh, went around and did some of this stuff, right? I sure did. Yeah, I was both a member of this uh, group, this dance group from Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. So we got together a dance group uh, that had its own jazz band. And uh, the show we did was a very good show, very eclectic. And then, as of now, Jazz has some very good teachers and some very good players here in Salt Lake. People also still come from around the world to study dance, either modern dance or ballet. And those were the people I ran into as an art major. We put together a show. We had a manager who realized how uh, up-to-date and how uh, good this show was, and he pulled some strings and opened doors that we never would have uh, been able to open ourselves. This goes back a minute. The 60s was a very happening time, wasn't it, Michael? Yes. Uh, What happened during the 60s was the government uh, invested in the arts and humanities, both here and in Europe. That's how we got festivals like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the Holland Festival. And these are the festivals that mutated into that festival of fools because the baby boomers were growing up and uh, they were encouraged to create the kind of world they wanted to live in, a world which wasn't governed by the military-industrial complex. I'm thinking of the 60s and how that would have been this huge outlet for creativity. It was a huge outlet of creativity. Uh, KRCL's part of that movement. 1979, flipped the switch. Right. Uh, Stephen Holbrook was running for office there in 1970 mm-hmm. and uh, raising hell and making changes. KRCL came about in a... Uh, actual lawsuit that Steve uh, filed against KSL mm-hmm. when they wouldn't allow uh, when they wouldn't allow uh, contrary opinions about the war in Vietnam. That sounds like equal time, which meant something back then. Yes, equal time was a was a was a law until approximately 1988. We're talking Reagan era. We're talking Reagan era, and a lot of things started to uh, go down in the Reagan era in uh, Europe. A lot of problems started to happen with the Thatcher era, too. Mm. And they weren't to the benefit of society. People got more angry with each other and communicated less, I must say. Well, street theater was a way to comment, to provide opinion and an alternative perspective. I'm even thinking of how Shakespeare used to do it and upset the status quo in his day, and that seems like a connection to complete Amsterdam's Complete Fools in the street theater that mm-hmm. uh, you engaged in. Oh, there's strong similarities. My uh, English group, the uh, Footsbarn Theater that I worked with, my uh, second family, they've already performed at the New Globe Theater in London many more times than once. Mm-hmm. And the uh, in Salt Lake here, we were very much... Um, 
we were influenced by a group called the San Francisco Mime Troupe on the West Coast. And that's exactly what they did was street theater. They called themselves a mime troupe in the tradition of uh, Chaplin rather than Marceau. And everything went. Music, poetry, uh, crazy, ranting and raving. Madcap fools. Madcap fools, yes, right on the street of San Francisco. And uh, Amsterdam was a place that um, uh, Amsterdam became a leader. Mm-hmm. They were a big thing in the uh, late 60s, part of what they called the Hippie Trail. They went all the way to, I must say, it went all the way to Afghanistan, the Hippie Trail did. People would travel, uh, well, Shawnee Gaten, the uh, school founded uh, in, uh, in India by uh, Tagore himself. Uh, that was the scene that we plugged ourselves into, and what they wanted was what, they, what we were presenting, really good music and first-rate dance. However, we did use a little white face mime. We also utilized the, uh, you know, the black costumes and it saved us a hell of a lot of money, to tell you the truth. We used a book called uh, Towards a Poor Theater by a Polish uh, director named Jerzy Grotowski. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, that's mime. You can call it what you want. <laughs> what was your was specialty? What did I you was do an art troop? major. Uh-huh. And uh, I found myself doing lights, and I was also uh, working out what we later called routines. We did this one routine about a competition where we did a bunch of, stu- of uh, sports stuff for a good long time and made a whole lot of jokes about the whole scene. <laughs> there was Lo- one story where tell. you said to you were a troubleshooter on one of these productions, and, and uh, the people were clapping, and then all of a sudden they stood up. And it was a standing ovation, and it was the it made you flutter a little bit. Oh, that's a that's my co-writer's story. Story. Your co-writer, yes, being? Johnny Melville's his name. He was huh. uh, born in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. He uh, quali- It was again the '60s. People were taking chances and changing their uh, basic society. So, as a young man, just growing up there, right, you know, in the in the urban slums of life which is, you know, the harbor of, uh, he was able to go to the University of uh, Edinburgh. And from the uh, University of Edinburgh, like from my point of view up at the uh, University of Utah, the whole world was open. Mm. And he was encouraged to, hey, go join the world. You don't need to go back to life. I didn't need to go back to Kennecott either. (laughs) We uh, worked out something. We found a place where people wanted to see it. And Johnny, yes, Johnny uh, did a show called Troubleshooter. And uh, at the event, he thought that people were just getting up to leave, but he got a standing ovation. That was a public demonstration about um, Europeans did not want the U.S. to send several thousand cruise missiles to be deployed in uh, Western Europe Mm. in 1982-83. There was something about that that seemed kind of foolish. You're going to fight World War III right here in Germany and France. And wait a minute. Why don't you two guys fight it out somewhere else besides right over our heads? Well, now look where we are today in the world. (laughs) Um, Not necessarily a good thing. I am going to Europe, though, to introduce this book in September. Oh, great. And I wish there wasn't a miserable war going Mm -hmm. Times have changed for the worse in certain ways. But uh, let's see. Uh, we did want to talk about what Salt Lake City did present to it. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. connect the Amsterdam's Complete Fools to Cosmic Airplane, to KRCL, even Slug Magazine. Even some punk rock in there. Yeah. Darn rights we had punk Al's rock in Al's on what, there. page 506, 508? <laughs> 508, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> 508. There's, uh, there's a young Aldine. Right. It was a worldwide movement. Which band was that, Al? It was Maimed for Life. Maimed for Life. Uh-huh. I seem to remember also there was the Chaos, Chaos Kids. Kids that was time. pre-Maimed for Life. You're, you're right, my friend. Uh-huh. For there's folks <laughs> in the Wayback Machine, you might remember Lisa Vierstig. Is this, are these your drawings, Those are my way? drawings, yeah. So there's a lot of illustrations in here where you've chronicled the times. Yes. 
I chronic, uh, when I came back to uh, Salt Lake and finished my art degree, I started doing what I'm doing now is basically going to the, uh, to the bars and the venues and actually drawing the people there and drawing the people uh, on stage and uh, drawing a bit of the crowds. I, uh, another book's likely going to come out of this about the jazz scene during the, uh, 19, during the 2000s mm-hmm. when we had a bit of a jazz scene, which, you know, took a hit. But the Cosmic Airplane and KRCL were part of the alternative culture when I came back from Amsterdam was going full blast, every bit as full blast as Amsterdam had. And it was good to see. Aldine was there. He was part of not only that, there was the uh, Roxy Club, wasn't it? The Roxy. And yeah. the, the, the old hotel was where the 004 played. And oh, 004. Played that's my a, high that's school a picture prom. of Wanda and I. Wanda was the drummer for, KR, for uh, Chaos Kids. Yeah, darn good musician. She's one of the co-founders of Four Non-Blondes, too, and I wish she was still with us. Well, I think a 004 and uh, the recent passing of Phil, Phil Miller. Miller, I believe there's a... Memorial, the memorial for him in Tooele. It, no, it's on. It's this it? Sunday at the garage. At the garage, I'll and be it's there. It's like two. Uh, starts around three o'clock. Goes to six, I think. I'll be there. I'll be there too. Yeah. Phil Miller, a sax player in town for many, many years. If you had the privilege of seeing him, uh, all the bands he contributed to, then he kept you growing. He kept growing. He kept maturing. He became as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's the story of Salt Lake. You can mm-hmm. be as good as anybody no matter where you come from. The thing is, is to get down, study, and also find something that's yours. Right. And do it. Yes, doing is the key. And that's what I kind of see in this whole book, Al, is 600 and how many pages? 644 so pages. every program, there's illustrations and a history of Salt Lake and Cosmic Airplane in there as well. And it's available how? Well, let's see, well... Uh, besides buying the book, which, you know, the big old monster book, which has a certain price, I'm also putting out a three-volume uh, set of Kindles, okay. which will be a lot cheaper. However, you won't be able to hold them in your hand. Mm. These are relics actually from those times. Uh-huh. That's what we saw in the book. And our part, mainly mine and Johnny's part, is just telling people about the context where you found these items. But these items are there at about the same size that people had in their hands when these things were happening then. You've got to use a little imagination because we can't, you know, do the shows that happened. But you can see what was being presented. Yeah. And some of these acts are still together. Like the People's Show is the oldest, uh, the oldest uh, British uh, comedy mime uh, theatrical company in existence right now and they're still going on and they're still doing deep usually satirical things about well call it the human condition because there's been an awful lot of humans in the people show (laughs) (laughs) and you'll be at ken sanders with the book coming up on the 26th of may on the 26th of may yes i'm going to really unleash some more stories from the book, and try to convince people to, uh, uh, well, to pony up and, uh, you know, and uh, live this scene. Uh, Dig into it. Um, Place this book. This book belongs in libraries. It belongs in every school that has something to do with uh, uh, theater or dance or jazz because it's a motivation to do what you're planning on doing. Because yeah. in the doing, you will discover that there'll be an audience there. And this audience will really appreciate what you have to do. Now, I don't know if you're into the TikToks, uh, Mike, but I'm thinking of <laughs> what kids are doing on TikTok. And they're, they're, they're engaged in the doing, Michael. But I'm looking also, and it's on the street. So I think there's a connection, no matter how times evolve, this outlet for creativity People want to share what they can do. And in this Amsterdam's Complete Fools, I, I see that spirit. I see it coming from Wayback Machine, like you said, Chaplin, Marcel Marceau. And then you've got the Great Salt Lake Mime Troupe starring attraction in 1975 um, for the, the Fools. And I'm just curious what you think about the future of street theater. 
it's going to keep happening. Self-expression is as radical a thing as you can possibly do. I mean, real self-expression. Mm-hmm. Not repeating somebody else's propaganda. Yeah. Saying what you think. Saying what you feel. And expressing why you feel that. And communicating with others. That's, that's the lifeblood that holds our whole society together. And uh, it isn't always smiled on by uh, people who consider themselves an authority. Which is more than, which is the main reason to actually do it. Yeah. Because it won't become part of your world unless you're part of doing it and adding it to the world. And you'll be surprised how people will respond. You know, call any vegetable. <laughs> yeah, Al gets that one. <laughs> and and that's so. What else can we say about that except this is a this is a thing, something that motivates people to motivate people to do these things because success occurs and this is 50 years of uh, theatrical success comes right up to mm. the present too there's lots of historical buildings where street theater has been staged or run through so to speak i'm thinking the mccune mansion this page right here oh yeah the mccune mansion we had a studio in the uh at the McCune Mansion, we had it at the uh, actually in the carriage house, but uh, we were in the uh, the McCune Mansion as much as we were able. And I was overjoyed when Sarah Longoria and uh, her uh, Metropolitan Ballet Company, which wasn't Metropolitan at all, used to do those wonderful ri- yeah. River of Rosewater there. That was just so moving; it made me want to cry. Mm. But um, that's a good thing to do. I also can say the same thing about the Ladies Literary Club. Yes, up on South Temple. Uh-huh. Now the clubhouse. Now the clubhouse. But I'm glad that uh, building is still there and still being used. It was built to raise funds so that Salt Lake could have a library. Hmm. That's, that's why right. it's Ladies the Literary, Literary Club. Club. When I think about what's happening down here at the new KRCL Studios and what Give Group's trying to create, there's Boxcar Studios next door and... Um, there's the Union Concert Hall and uh, trying to create an arts hub over here because it's important to our our quality of life. And after two years of COVID and not being around each other, being able to go to Living Traditions this weekend is huge, Michael. It is huge. I remember a year ago we had the uh, Busker Fest. And, and it's coming around again. They're going to do it again. Well, good, good for them. This time, though, I hope that Omicron doesn't come. I know. And mess everybody up. Yeah. Uh, Busker Fest was quite a thing last year. Yeah. And uh, I had a great time there. Well, on next Thursday, there's a slight Busker Fest preview along the Jordan Parkway, starting out of the International Peace Gardens, Jordan Park on 9th West and 10, 10 and a half South. Be eight bands along the trail, and Buskerfest is putting that on. And then Buskerfest in uh, June, the 24th and 25th, I believe, downtown. A bunch of street theater, just like what you're talking about with your troupe. So again, Ken Sanders. Yes. In the new location. Uh, yeah, the new location on the 26th at the Leonardo. You're going to miss some of the Buskerfest, though. <laughs> but is it May 26th or June 26th? It's May 26th. Oh, so yeah, you can go. Check out a little bit of each, I think. It's this upcoming Thursday. There you go. And you'll uh, find out more. And there is so much to tell. I mean, this story goes all the way into Australia. This goes to South America. Besides uh, the big planting of uh, the fools seem to be more or less um, centered now in Barcelona rather than in Amsterdam. But believe me, Amsterdam still has a scene. Uh, there's a book I mention and actually review in here called uh, New Dutch Swing. And it's about uh, a very potent form of jazz that comes out of uh, Amsterdam. They've got this uh, beautiful building uh, that they built for them right on the uh, harbor next to the library, next to, uh, besides the library, also the, uh, the Film Institute and Central Station. And it's given over to improvised music. And they even have improvised dance at the beginning of uh, every month, the first weekend. 
Well, hopefully we can be part of that in this new neighborhood, Al. All right. What do you think? We The potential is here. Um, just last week at the, well, two weeks ago at the Jordan Park, there was a wonderful uh, dance uh, theater thing. There was this lady named uh, Mitsu Salmon. Oh, yeah. She's an artist in residence at the at Umoka, I believe, right now. Uh, she's in, she's wonderful, and she told this very uh, excellent story with uh, song, with dancing, with acting, with storytelling, and I must say that it was frankly brilliant. And then she was followed by Durian and Durian, and they're dancers. They're also musicians. They work with uh, David Payne. You know David? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, but they're dance and their song meld together into something you have never seen before and uh, I was totally proud of everything I saw there so uh, we got it here the thing to do is keep keep it happening and that's why this book is printed Uh, and if you don't want to spring for the whole thing you can help us get it sold to uh, various libraries and you can enjoy it on your Kindle. Well, we'll put Very links nice. in the show notes tonight to Amsterdam's Complete Fools, uh, Michael R. Evans putting it together and uh, editing it, some essays, and his great illustrations of Salt Lake City in the 70s and 80s and Well, 90s. thank you. I'm glad that you like those. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll include some in the show photo tonight, folks, so stick around for that. Thank you, Michael. Let's get back to some fresh and homegrown music. All right, getting the melons back on the air here. Hey, y'all, how you doing? Good, can you hear us? Yes, oh, yeah. we got gotcha. you. And uh, thank you so much for coming down and christening Studio 3B here at KRCL. Mm-hmm. And, and tell, us, tell us a little bit more about this album, Introducing the Melons. And it's going to drop in October, but you've been releasing some singles all along. So uh, I, I can't see the whole studio from where I am. So who's you're pointing to someone I can't Andrew. see. Hey, Andrew's Andrew. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> so, Andrew, tell us um, about writing this album. Yeah, it's been a really fun collaborative experience. Uh, we've all been in different, different groups with different strengths and weaknesses, but it's been really cool to get to know each other and and uh, finish each other's sentences and each other's melodies. <laughs> oh, too late. <laughs> yeah. We try. So and explain uh, Sunshine Rock and Baroque Pop. I hear certain things. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, yeah. Uh, I'd love to hear the way you explain it. But, uh, I hear, I hear. I the feel like it's like a, a rock boys. and roll backbone. Yeah. Right? With uh-huh. the backbeat and stuff like that. Strong um, bass and guitars at times. And then we ornament it with a number of Andrew's favorite instruments. That was Denny speaking, folks, just yeah. so you know. And tell me about the shirts. Folks, you can't see, but you're going to check out the show notes and see the photo collage. These are some special shirts, I have to comment. Well, I'm just not willing to play in a band that doesn't wear matching outfits. So <laughs> that's, where, that's where that comes from. Laura knows that about me as well. <laughs> These are uh, they're called Moon shirts, uh, named after Keith Moon. That's um, right. And we bought them uh, from this UK company, Madcap, and... Um, it's, it was kind of fun, you know? You shoot videos for just about everything, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Each single we do, we'll do some sort of visual um, uh, thing that pairs with the, the song. So it's been really fun. And Andrew has been art directing, and, and Rob and everyone kind of contributes and whatnot. And, and Andrew does all of our art for our singles. So if you go on Spotify and, and look, Andrew's done all of that. Well, yeah, i got to talk to Michael R. Evans about illustrating your own project after this. No, there you go. That's what I love about Radioactive being live, the I connections think, that are made. I think that Michael has been on every show <laughs> of the last five times I've been on with different with band. groups and bands and stuff. There and you stuff. Go. So I'm like, I was like, is he, is he regular? I don't think he's regular, but <laughs> every time I come here, Michael Evans is here, and I love it. Wow. So. All right, so we got another song here from The Melons. It's just a phase. Anything you want to say before we get into this, guys? This next song is called uh, Devil's Advocate. Oh, I picked the wrong one. There we go. Devil's Advocate. (laughs) I'm just going to play Devil's Advocate on mixing that up. (laughs) And uh, this song is about me uh, arguing with my mom about God. Okay, which one's the Devil's Advocate in this (laughs) equation? You or your mom? You'll find out. All right. Aldine, do the honors. This is The Melons, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM with Devil's Advocate. 
I may suggest I think we need a moment to address the writing on the wall If I may suggest Still I must confess I know you said it's chemical But I digress It's surely worth a try Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Loves Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. I'm Aldine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. Coming up, uh, Democracy Now! at 7 p.m. with Amy Goodman. Not a Sideshow with Circus Brown at 8 p.m. Friday Night Fallout with Keith at 10.30. Liquid Rhythms with Ken Barola at 1. Saturday Breakfast Jam with Shanalee at 7 a.m. John Florence with Saturday Sagebrush Serenade at 10, 10 a.m. And we're broadcasting live from Living Traditions from 1 to 9 p.m. All the shows from 1 to 9. So do stop by and say hello. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones. Aldine, what do we do on the Urban Farm Report? We talk about our agri-hood is what we call it. We've coined a phrase. (laughs) And then we saw somewhere where someone else is using that phrase. All right, in Detroit. And so we might have to try to get them on the show and see see who created it first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's been around. But 
I'm really excited because farmer market season today, is starting. Today's, uh, today's Urban Farm Report is great because farmer's market season is here coming up it's this weekend so jane wiley from wheeler farm farmers market and john brubaker one of the vendors are with us thank you for joining thanks for having us no problem so you guys are on the cusp have you always been the first market to start not the first i know there's one in cash valley here in the along the wasatch front right here we're pretty early in the salt lake county as far as farmers markets go i don't know if we're the first but pretty early it and I'm you it's my neighborhood market so it's really exciting it's really close to my house I come on Sundays every Sunday you guys have a mix of things at this market you have some uh, crafts and 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 obviously for produce and some food folks and smoothies and things um, different stuff this year I know it's been growing and growing right yeah we've gotten quite a bit bigger in the last even the last three years so, which has been great. We've got a lot of new produce vendors coming out. We've got some new um, food makers and some new like packaged foods coming up. So we're pretty excited about all the growth and some new, you can try new things, which is what the market's all about. It's great. And it, there was a, uh, after the first kind of down year, the 2020 year, you told me that the market grew 20% the next year. And we've seen a lot of folks that have come on the show. Their businesses are doing really well as far as local food producers and things. And we're excited for another really good year and maybe even better, we're thinking. We're, we're feeling it that way, right? Yeah, I've heard some great things from people who have already started, farmers markets that have already they're saying you know vendors are selling out because people want to shop local they want to support the people in their communities which is great um we had lots of growth between 2019 and 2021 huge like 20 percent growth over that year which was fantastic um and we've been really enjoying you know meeting new people in the community and all the we've got lots of backyard farmers that are coming out and that's just the, the local food is just great gotta love it So Wheeler Farm on 9th East and, what, 6300 South Mm -hmm. or so? And it's on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 1. Folks, just want to let you know, there's not an ATM there. So, you know, come prepared. Vendors are going to take your debit or credit cards. It doesn't cost you anything to get in. And they accept SNAP. Just visit the information booth to run your EBT card and get set up with tokens. So there's some of the logistics of going to the market. But really what we want to know about is how the growing season is shaping up. And if we've got a, a great person to tell us about that. Joining us, we have John Brubaker of Straw Hat Urban Farm Project. What is that about? Uh, it sounds like you're having to ponder that for a second. <laughs> well, it's a, you know what? I, I started doing this years ago. And one of the things that I've liked to do is there's there's a lot of it's like an umbrella. You fall under an umbrella, and, and underneath there you'll find regenerative farming and holistic and, you know, sustainable and all those kind of things. And and the whole idea is what you try to do is you try to grow the soil rather than worry about the plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of, kind of of a mind now after... You're a soil uh, farmer. Yeah, I'm a soil farmer. I don't, I don't much care what I put in the ground. I'm more concerned about what my soil's like. Is it alive? Is it doing well? So I don't till. I, I use a no-till system, no-dig system. Um, I use compost. I add about two inches of compost a year. I make it all on site. And I try to be circular with all of it, where I try to take any of the green material I get off the, off the plants in the garden and tree leaves and paper from the paper shredders and anything that comes out of the house and try to put that into the compost pile and... That's that's my nutrition system. That's my for the plants. Where you at, John? And, and how big is your farm? What where what are you growing on? Well, I'm. We have my wife and I have an acre in Sandy, and uh, but I only I'm I'm not a farmer. I'm a market gardener. Uh-huh. Um, so okay, so I only garden um, probably about a tenth of that. So maybe forty five hundred to five thousand square feet. Well, that's a good and chunk. That's yeah. a good. You can grow a lot of food on that. You really can. And and that's actually one of the things that got me to the farmer's market was I was kind of pushing out my garden. And my neighbor's daughter, 
I was just handing produce over the fence to anybody that would take it. <laughs> Please take my zucchini. <laughs> yeah, and my neighbor's daughter said, you should take this to the farmer's market. And that was six years ago, and I thought that was a pretty good idea. So the next year I started going to Wheeler Farm, and I've been there ever since. It's It's been about five years I've been seeing you there. Yeah. And, and maybe you're one of the, let's say, newer folks on the scene, but there's more new folks coming. Yeah. So you're in the middle now. You, you're you a bit of a veteran. Yeah, I'm almost now. a veteran. Almost yeah. a veteran. Yeah. And I love seeing you there because I you you like to grow some different things than most <laughs> folks grow. Oh, what are you growing? You, you, you pull some, some rabbits out of the hat. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, I, I do like to grow things you don't see around here. Like broccolini, broccolini. I see, I've seen with you, and I've bought it, and I've enjoyed it, and really loved it, really, really had a great time with it. And I just, you always have something a little, something someone else doesn't have. Well, and if you don't see it in the grocery store, I like to try to grow it. Um, lemon cucumbers. Is oh, I love lemon I, cucumbers. I, I love to grow lemon cucumbers. Because the people that know about lemon cucumbers, they come every week. Yeah. What about this year? You grow. What are you growing special this year? Anything? You have you branched a little bit? Oh, you gonna uh, bring something different? Well, um, thinking about it. Artichokes. Mm. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm gonna try the artichokes again. I, if if I'm able to get them out of the house, my my, my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be get them out of Your the kitchen. Your wife stopped you first. Yeah. We we have a lot of artichoke lovers at our house, and, oh. and there's only the two of us. So, um, but uh, we we eat a lot of artichokes. Um, I'm doing more peppers this year than I ever have. Very um, good. That that's that's in my wheelhouse too. So is this um something for fun? Has it become a part-time or a full-time business you're a full-time gambler if you're a farmer so yeah i i would not want to do this full-time and try to make a living at it i wouldn't mm -hmm. um i spend about between 30 and 35 hours a week in my with my garden um but only 10 hours with the actual plants the rest of it the 20 to 25 hours a week is for harvesting and packaging and going to the market so I mean, I encourage everybody a garden. You know, everybody should have a garden. And if market garden is what you kind of get to, that's even better because Jane always wants more more produce at her farmer's yeah. market. The importance of fresh fruit food, Jane, uh, something that's super obtainable here at the market, you don't see it really, as far as produce goes, not at the supermarket. The food isn't... As fresh, it's not coming from close by, is it? No, a lot of times you will travel hundreds of miles before it gets to the grocery store. Um, when you buy at the market, you get produce that was oftentimes picked that morning yeah. or the night before, and then you get to, and it's a different taste. The tastes are richer, it's got more nutrients in it, it's just, it's better for you, it tastes better, it's easier to cook with, and you, all, you get the strange things like what John brings to the market. <laughs> And, but you got to ask them how to cook it. So make sure when you're there, you talk to your farmers so that you find out how to cook yeah. what you're buying or else it'll, you know, still sit in your fridge. A good way to get some recipes, right? Oh, absolutely. This is something that I've done before, and I've, I've, I know how to uh, cook pumpkin shoots. The, the, sh the stalk that comes up from the, from the main stalk to the leaf, that's all furry and fuzzy and, and yep. prickly. You peel those little prickly things off. And then you cut it up and, and cook it like a bean or, oh, my goodness. And I learned that from the New Roots farmers. That's the, right. Sunnyvale. From the African farmers from New mm. Roots. It's amazing what you can eat when and, you learn about it. And, and some of these things have more nutrients than any other of the things that you usually buy. And, and they taste better. And, and taste better. Well, and the taste is the soil, right, Al? Yeah. The, the soil is big, is big for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think the soil is the key to everything I, if you were to put me in a room i would say if we if we start to take care of the soil we could probably solve quite a few of the problems that plague us right now you know um across the board and this is the big regenerative push that oh, we're yeah. hearing all yeah. about yeah we've had the folks on the show yeah. and where they're grazing cattle to dig up the land and using the manure you know yeah. and make and 
all of a sudden a couple of years in a deserty kind of land is starting to turn into a grassland and if you can promote that and we can make better growing everywhere boy oh boy we'll all be eating some great food but i know there's a lot of things that are important to you jane that are important to me and then um the local supporting the local farmers is a big is a big thing too right absolutely all these are family farmers like a lot a lot of yeah yeah we're talking i mean i know all of my vendors have families they take care of that take care of the land um and we're seeing a lot of people their kids are stepping up and taking care of their land that they've been you know farming on um and the families get more money per whatever per pound whatever when you buy directly from the farmer if they have to sell it to a grocery store, they're selling it at a bulk price. Uh-huh. So even if you're not paying more, you're still supporting them more because they get to have more profit on that, which then they turn back into their businesses. They grow more food. They can support more people, a lot more social action, like with SNAP, um, which is just a way to bring those federal dollars back to our community and help the local community and get good, fresh, local produce to families in need. Who else is going to be there? How many folks are going to be on hand? And kind of give us the ebb and flow as it's the really season grown. ramps up. Yeah, we've got over 100 vendors coming this Sunday. What? Um, you and have 100? Will... I was thinking like maybe 25, maybe 50 <laughs> if we're lucky. No, there's quite a bit. So we've got more than 100 coming this Sunday, and it will grow as the growing season comes in. Um, we've got lots of our farmers that are not quite ready, and then we've had right. a fluctuation in temperature. So um, they're not as many, but they'll come. Um, we're getting lots of greens. we got microgreens. Um We've got some citrus coming in. One of our producers has citrus that they bring. They grow in a greenhouse, which is really cool. Um, Just really a little bit of everything. Lots of, if you need any baked goods, we've got bread coming out. We've got... I know you guys have some grass-fed beef there. Yep. It comes from fairly close at Johnson Johnson Farms. Yeah, Johnson Farms is out. Canyon Meadows out. They both do, um, like, grass-fed beef. Mm -hmm. And everybody at our market is within 250 mile radius of the farm so everything you're getting is within that 250 miles and so these folks are the ones growing it knowing your farmer is big and Mm. uh, i've branched out to knowing the meat farmer too now and and in the last couple of years and uh it's it's a very comforting feeling um you know where it's coming from you know how it's raised you know the practices involved you know it's been uh you know done correctly and yeah. there's a great feeling that's yeah. a good feeling of satisfaction to, that goes along with that it is absolutely and these are people and you get to know them and how much they love what they do they care for their animals it's it's a big deal to them john i know you wanted to talk a little bit about and kind of inspire folks uh that it's it's not so hard to get started and get growing well you know what i've i've always been for a long time I've been an advocate of, of growing a garden. Um, if nothing else, I, I hear a lot that people don't have time to garden. And my take on that is if you have to stop when you're cooking a meal and go over to the grocery store and it takes you 20 minutes to get to the grocery store and back, well, that's time. Right. That's time that you don't have to use. So start small. Everybody start small. And go down to your local farmer's market and talk to some of the farmers because they'll tell you. I mean, everybody that I know at the farmer's market who produces vegetables, they will share. They will tell you what they're doing, how they're doing it. In my case, if you want to come out to my place and take a look at it, you're welcome anytime. See, anytime that's what you all. get when you go to the farmer's market. You can talk to folks, mull over ideas. If you're having an issue, go find someone who's growing something well and ask them about it. Very, you know, real, really great place information source. I've totally noticed that myself. And since we've been doing this, it's the community. It's a community, it and community. they keep things within their themselves. They don't hold. They're not holding any info back. Everyone wants you to grow and grow well. Yep, that's correct. It's I, so great to have you guys. It's yeah, so thanks. great to have you guys. I'll see you both. On Sunday, Sunday. I'm really excited. (laughs) Yeah, we're excited too. (laughs) Thanks for coming, Jane and and John. What is the website for the market? It's wheelerfarm.com. All right, we'll put it in the show notes. And also, John, Straw Hat Urban Farm Project. You guys are on Facebook, right? Yes. You you can check it out and plan what to get from John on Sunday. 
Thank you so much you for guys. coming in and willing, being willing to share more true tales from the agrihood, Aldine. Good stuff. So for folks that maybe want to come on the show and talk about what they're growing, how can they get a hold of you? You can find me on Instagram is where I'm at a lot these days. You can find me, um, punk underscore rock underscore farmer. That's me. Um, you see my page. It's all about food and it's all about marketing, growing stuff in your yard for sure. And we will link that up in the show notes too. All right. Our band tonight, The Melons, and we're going to go to Studio 3B here at the new KRCL Studios. Our first live band since coming back to the studios. Thank you so much for being our featured band tonight. Yeah, we've decided to change our name to the Baroque Pop Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you guys got gigs coming up soon or down the road that we should let people know about? Yes, Denny. We're, we're playing at the International Artist Lounge, a newer venue right next to Pie Hole downtown next Friday. Is that the 27th? Is Whatever, whatever day. The 27th yeah, next Friday is the 27th. <laughs> We're playing. Um, uh, our friend Elaine um, Sayers booked us for. Uh, there's poetry readings and people's or people are going to read their writing as well and their personal essays and stuff like there's that. There's another event play. after that where they're going to have a couple of stand-up comedians and we're going to play alongside <laughs> of them. <laughs> we keep getting yeah, this hired is for that. Some, left interesting, of some interesting shows coming it up. It sounds like some freeform stuff going on a la Michael R. Evans and yes. his Amsterdam's Complete right. Fools. He's actually going to be in the band. So <laughs> come now, check it out. Now you've got videos out. What's the socials where folks can track you down and follow you? Yeah, we um, go to our Instagram, which is the most active thing, which is the Melons Music. At the Melons Music with two L's for Melons. Melons, and we'll link up to that. Yeah, and uh, if you click the link in that profile right there, you can watch our new video, um, which is uh, lots of puppets and lots of colors and pastel colors and whatnot. You can go to Spotify, Deezer, everything from there. So okay. we can send you that link too if you want for the for this episode. All right, and then when can people get the album? Looking at October of good news this year. <laughs> it's been a long project. It was kind of a COVID band start, and then uh, now we're waiting for the vinyl to get pressed. So. You're going to get vinyl and digital yeah. downloads come October, but you can check out the videos and the songs online. We'll yeah. link to all of that. We got one more, and it's a single that dropped today with a video? Yes. All right. Yeah. We'll include that in show notes. In the meantime, Aldine, why don't you do the honors? What a time to be alive. The Melons, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
KRCL, Salt Lake City.